0: Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, my name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Today we're going to take some time to look at a very common condition dreaded by all those who experience it, migraines. We're going to discuss migraines and look into their potential link with hypothyroidism or underactive thyroid and the impact that migraines have on the management of this condition. To start off with, let's have a quick look at what a migraine actually is. A migraine is not simply a bad headache, it is quite a complex neurological disorder, which is a long-term condition causing episodic attacks. A migraine can be classed as a primary headache, which is simply just a headache without any underlying medical cause. And now here are some pretty shocking statistics just to make you realize how serious migraines are. There are 6 million people in the UK who get migraine attacks, with overall lifetime prevalence being 10% of men and a startling 22% of women. Majority of migraineurs are aged between 20 and 50. It is such a high impact and severe condition that the World Health Organization rank it number 6 in their top 20 most disabling conditions list. The brain of someone who experiences migraines is hyper-responsive to normal stimuli. This means even if, if a small change occurs, which is slightly different from the normal for that individual, their brain goes into migraine mode. Such changes include changes in the hormone estrogen levels in females, dehydration, diet, hunger, sleep disturbance, and stress. A migraine attack can take days to develop and resolve. Fort, 45% of migraineurs are constantly anxious about an impending migraine attack, and 37% always feel anxious about when the next migraine will occur. While it is probably the most common symptom of migraine, headache is only one of several symptoms associated with migraine. In fact, a migraine attack is composed of many different clinical phases. The first phase is the premonitory phase. About 70% of migraineurs experience premonitory symptoms or predictors of headache. This can be symptoms such as mood changes, muscle pain, food cravings, and even yawning. Next is the aura phase. It occurs in approximately 15 to 32% of migraine attacks and it encompasses a few specific reversible neurological symptoms, meaning symptoms associated with changes in the brain. This includes temporary visual disturbances, amongst other things. Then we get the headache phase, which is subdivided according to headache intensity. Early headache is mild pain without the associated symptoms of migraine, while the advanced headache is moderate to severe pain with the associated symptoms of nausea, sensitivity to light, sensitivity to sound or disability. After the headache, the posterior phase occurs and includes the associated symptoms which I just mentioned. These persist beyond the resolution of the headache. This is the most disabling aspect of the migraine as it can last 1-2 to days. So how are migraines treated? Basic treatment can be divided into two categories abortive, which stops symptoms, and prophylactic, which prevents symptoms. The most commonly used abortive treatments are aspirin, NSAIDs, and tryptans. The use of these drugs must be limited to only 10 days a month or two days a week to avoid the development of medication overuse headache. Wagoners are particularly prone to this. Prophylactic treatment includes propanolol, antiepileptics and tricyclic antidepressants. These reduce the frequency of attacks. Having discussed migraines in detail, we can now look at endocrinological conditions and how they link in with the migraine. For the purpose of this podcast, we're going to look at one condition in detail, hypothyroidism. The thyroid gland is a small butterfly-shaped endocrine gland normally located in the lower front of the neck. The thyroid's job is to make thyroid hormone, which are secreted into the blood and then carried to every tissue in the body. Thyroid hormone speeds up all the reactions in your body and helps us use energy and stay warm, as well as keeping the brain, heart, muscles, and other organs working adequately. Hypothyroidism occurs when the thyroid gland isn't producing as much thyroid hormone as it should. Basically, the thyroid gland becomes underactive. Common causes are autoimmune diseases such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This is when your own body doesn't recognise its own thyroid cells, thinks they're foreign like bacteria and decides to attack it with white blood cells. Surgical removal of the thyroid gland and radiation treatment are other causes of hypothyroidism. When thyroid hormone levels are too low, the body's cells can't get enough thyroid hormone and the body's processes start to slow down. As the body slows, patients start to notice that they put on weight, feel cold a lot, get very tired very easily, their skin and hair gets drier and thinner, and they develop an ongoing low mood. Because the symptoms are so variable and non-specific, the only way to really confirm the diagnosis of hypothyroidism is with a blood test for thyroid-stimulating hormone and thyroid hormone levels. We have covered this in more detail in last week's episode, where we looked at how intermittent fasting works in those with hypothyroidism, so feel free to check that out. So how are migraines and hypothyroidism linked? Well, a bi-directional association between migraine and hypothyroidism has been recently demonstrated in a 2018 study. This means that having migraines means you may be more likely to experience low thyroid function, but also having hypothyroidism predisposes you to migraine attacks. In other words, it works both ways. Having one will put you at higher risk of getting the other. According to the International Headache Society, about 30% of hypothyroid patients have a history of headaches. Though the causes for this are poorly understood, it is well known that women are disproportionately affected and that headache is usually one-sided, pulsating in nature and often accompanied by nausea or vomiting. The severity of these symptoms tends to rise and fall in tandem with the severity of the disease. This has led to some researchers to say that a history of headache and migraines may in fact make a person prone to hypothyroidism. According to a 2016 study published in the journal Headache, among 8,412 people medically monitored over a 20-year period, people with pre-existing tension-type headache disorders had a 21% increased risk of new-onset hypothyroidism compared to people with no history of headaches. The same study showed that compared to the general population, people with a history of migraines have a 41% increased risk of new-onset hypothyroidism almost double the risk seen in tension-type headache patients. While this in no way suggests that headaches are the cause of hypothyroidism, it does certainly imply that a history of migraines places you at a greater risk of hypothyroidism. Hypothyroid symptoms tend to affect the entire body, from metabolic effects to brain function to hormone regulation. A common symptom of hypothyroidism is a headache. There is still a lot of debate surrounding whether hypothyroidism causes headaches or whether the headache is only a simple link. Since there is a condition between migraines and hormone function, there is a likelihood that suffering from migraines will eventually impact the thyroid, a hormone-producing gland. Another symptom of hypothyroidism is fluid leaking into human tissue, often leading to swelling. This swelling can often occur in the premonitory phase of migraines that we discussed earlier, thus providing another link between the conditions. According to a study recently published, subclinical hypothyroidism is associated with an increased risk of migraine. Subclinical hypothyroidism, in simple terms, is hypothyroidism which doesn't show symptoms. The patient will have normal thyroid hormone levels, but their thyroid gland is still underactive. So their pituitary gland produces high levels of TSH to try and make the thyroid produce more of its hormones. It is basically a precursor to full-blown hypothyroidism. The study found that 46% of those with subclinical hypothyroidism had a higher likelihood of experiencing both migraine with aura and without aura. Now comparing this to only 13% of those without subclinical hypothyroidism who had this higher likelihood, we can see a significant difference. The reverse of this is also true, as a 2013 study found a much higher prevalence of hypothyroidism in migraineurs in comparison to the general population. The reverse of this is also true as a 2013 study found a much higher prevalence of hypothyroidism in migraineurs in comparison to the general population. The connection between subclinical hypothyroidism and migraine has already been discovered in paediatrics. A 2012 study published in Child Neurology showed that the treatment of subclinical hypothyroidism in children with migraine reduced their headache frequency. To prove the connection between hypothyroidism and migraines even more, thyroid function testing is currently recommended as part of the workup for children with migraines. So having considered the links between hypothyroidism and migraines, are there any specific treatments that have been proven to work for both? The truth is that while thyroid hormone replacement therapy in the form of levothyroxine helps to minimise hypothyroid symptoms, some people will still experience recurrent headaches even after this treatment. Again, whether or not these headaches are related to the thyroid disease remains unclear. In most cases, however, people with migraines and subclinical hypothyroidism will see an improvement in the headache symptoms after being placed on levothyroxine. According to research presented at the Congress of the European Academy of Neurology in 2017, 45 people with subclinical hypothyroidism and migraines without aura experience a drop in migraine incidence from an average of almost 15 attacks per month to just 2 attacks per month after being placed on levothyroxine therapy. It is not certain whether the same benefits would be afforded to people with symptomatic hypothyroidism, but a study published in 2016 did find that patients with both subclinical and symptomatic hypothyroidism reported a similar alleviation of their headaches with levothyroxine treatment. It is also important to note that the headache is a common side effect of levothyroxine use. In people with a moderate to severe hypothyroidism who would inevitably require higher doses of levothyroxine, the drug may trigger migraine attacks or worsen existing symptoms. In cases where this occurs, the migraine or headache may need to be diagnosed and treated as a separate disorder through blood tests and imaging studies. Remember, it is about finding a fine balance and each patient is different. Other treatments helpful for hypothyroidism, whether subclinical or symptomatic, and migraines include stress management and self-care. Migrainers may be able to reduce their hypothyroidism risk through proactive stress relief since stress is known to greatly exacerbate both conditions. So throughout this episode, we've explored the interesting link between migraines and hypothyroidism, including subclinical hypothyroidism. Thank you for listening this week and stay tuned next week for another interesting episode. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues. And of course, I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests, then absolutely let us know. As always, we're very grateful for the support we're receiving. A huge thank you to our own event coordinator, Deborah Adipodu, who helped research and write up this week's topic. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off. Society is a student-led organisation and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace advice of a doctor or any other healthcare professional. The medical students involved in the making of this episode are in the third year of their medical studies. All the information provided in this episode was researched on appropriate resources. For references, please see the episode description. Thank you.